This is Movie Hopping for Wednesday, September 19th, 2018. I'm Nico, and across the table from me, my partner in crime. Oh, yeah. Dylan! (laughs) You son of a bitch! Adam Hall. CIA got you pushing too many pencils. Huh? Had enough? Make it easier on yourself, Dutch. <laughs> Want to do a, a Dutch uh, a Dylan uh, handshake from, from the original Predator? Yeah, just... For, oh, God. Just hold it right there. <laughs> just pure masculinity coursing through my veins right now. I, I'm fairly confident that I am Schwarzenegger and you're Carl Weathers. I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I will take it. What a what a great what a great introduction to that character. Action Jackson, baby. Carl Weathers. Two iconic movie roles for Carl Weathers somehow. I don't know how he squeaked that out. In that era? Would you did, agree? Well, Rocky came out when was when was Rocky? 75? 75. Five, yes. Yeah, and, and Predator was uh, uh 87, so it was a while ago. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that that big a gap. And oh, what, yeah. did, what had he done in between? Anything? The other Rocky movies. Just the other Rockies? <laughs> Pretty much. And then he died and he was like, oh, I guess I got to find another way to cash a paycheck? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the original Predator movie. Because on today's program, we're going to recap and review The Predator. The Predator. Yeah. That's it, right. It's The Predator. Yeah, it's like the definitive predator of all predators them original predators <laughs> i mean you ain't seen no predator till you've seen the predator <laughs> what an what such audacity to label yourself the <laughs> predator like it makes sense for the terminator because it's the first movie you right know? so you could go and on- also there was only one terminator in that exactly right I mean, exactly <laughs> god damn it i mean i'm not a big grammar guy <laughs> like i i don't t- i don't write so well but I'm pretty sure a plural noun implies that there's two or more of an object. Yes. Yeah. And in the case of uh, The Predator, it's technically a very inaccurate title. Yes. Yes. For sure. I mean, the yes. main twist of the film is that, I think. I mean, not even, wanted, it's not, it's a not main, even a twist. It was in the trailers. Everyone right. knew that there were multiple predators. Right. So, uh, yes, there are two predators in this. Though. Um, okay, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. And we'll dig in and uh, I'll, I'll let you go on your soapbox and wax poetic about uh, about this new movie don't you worry but wax first, poetic wax poetic oh, yeah. uh i have a piece of news though breaking news did you see this what uh so they officially announced space jam 2 is happening oh, with oh not with lebron lebron's in it yeah lebron mm-hmm. is gonna be the guy okay care to guess who's directing Shane Black. <laughs> Not Shane Black. Uh, Take another stab at it. Martin Scorsese. No. Not even close? No. Really? Nope. Stanley Kubrick. No. Try another race. <laughs> uh, uh, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he wishes. He wishes. Kugler's doing it. Yeah. Ryan Kugler's doing it. What the fuck? We lost him. What the fuck? It's I, over. I told you. It was over before it even started with Ryan Coogler. Did I not tell you this was going to happen once he made Black Panther? I literally said it on the podcast. We've lost Ryan Coogler. I didn't think it would happen this quickly, but now it's official. Like, 
sometimes with the Marvel movies, you like do one of them and then you go away and you do your own passion project yeah. and then you come back and do one for the studio. Ryan Coogler is just selling out already. Yeah. He made two really good movies and then a mediocre superhero movie and now he's directing some Looney Tunes. Good for him. That's what's happening. You know. You fail upwards. What the fuck is happening in Hollywood now? What is know. going on with the studio system in 2018? Isn't that been the trend since like 20, I don't know, 15 or something now? It seems like a lot of directors are getting scooped up and they're not being allowed to do anything else except stuff like that. No, but Space Jam is even lower brow than Marvel, though, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, this is just ridiculous. I mean, I love Space Jam in my own way, but, you know. We all do in our own way. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like loving your child. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't mean I think it's necessarily a great film in quotes. Yes, it's a bad film, actually. Not in quotes. It's yeah. not good. <laughs> but it's fucking Space Jam. No, but it's Space yeah. Jam and yeah. it's it's nostalgia bait and it's guys like us love it. I don't know why one of the 10 most exciting young directors in Hollywood is attaching their name to it. That makes no sense to I, me. I do want to see a good like... Like Daffy Duck, or not Daffy? Is it? Yeah, it's Daffy Duck. Yes, it is. Daffy. I want to see Daffy and uh, Bugs and, and Bugs do like a one take boxing sequence, though. Ooh, I like that. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, <laughs> nothing like a oneer <laughs> in a in a in a Looney Tunes film. It, <laughs> them oneers and them Looney Tunes films that they're so well known for. It's crazy. <laughs> Why isn't Coogler doing like a new Muppet movie? What? Like I would much rather see him do the Muppets than I would Space Jam. You think he would have been better off doing the the Happy Time Murders? <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> I didn't even bother with that. No, thing. no one did. No, no. I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know why all of a sudden there's this revisionist history that Space Jam was like a, like. I don't know, popular and acclaimed film. It was popular. I guess. But it was popular in hindsight, but did it make like a ton of money? I think it did. And, I, and certainly critics killed it. There's no question about that. I don't know how it did critically. I don't think it was hated or anything, but I don't think it was... It's not as beloved as we make it out to be, our right. generation. Certainly not even as, as close as what we make it out to be. Right. It's similar to like The Sandlot. Yeah, okay, that's a good comparison. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah, so there you go. Ryan Coogler doing the new Space Jam. What the fuck? Starring LeBron James. Now I can't wait to see what James Gunn's going to do next, whatever he's going to get stuck with. Uh, what do you think? Is the studio system going to... I think he's just going to do like his own thing for a couple years. Maybe. I think he's kind of going to be in indie exile, you know? Shane Black managed to do his own thing after Iron Man 3. Made a good movie after Iron Man 3, too. So right. we, we'll and, and, talk about that. And then made another one. And that's yeah. the one we're talking about today. I'm going to get out of the way. <clears throat> this is your franchise. This is my franchise. We were talking <laughs> off mic earlier. If you are an expert on one thing in this world, it is the Predator films. It is absolutely the Predator films. Uh, the Predator... Well, let's see. Predator is one of my all-time favorite films. I have no shame. Like, it could be in my top ten. It's a very Jesus. It's an it's a very important film for me. It's one of wow. It's one you know. Ironically, it's one of those films alongside Alien that sort of you know kind of shaped who I am. It's a criminally underrated film, which is ironic because most people really love Predator, but 
I don't think people appreciate it as much as I think they should because I think most people don't understand the movie. Wow. <laughs> I think and here I think it's so underrated. I go out of my way to call it a masterpiece and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It's kind of a crazy thing to say. I don't think it is. Okay. I I am one of those nutcases who likes this one more than Die Hard. Right. That's an insane thing to I say. I know. I know it sounds insane. That's an insane assertion. After but even after rewatching the movie recently in preparation for The Predator, I was like, "Holy shit." shit this is a good movie oh my like the things that i i always pick up on every every single time i watch it it's weird and um the i guess it wasn't so long ago maybe a couple years ago but i was watching the film and um i sort of came to the conclusion that this movie is doing what the wild bunch did to um uh western heroes except the predators doing it to 80s action heroes and that's which, a, which is well, the Wild Bunch sets up uh, eighty pretty much every sort of eighties or not eighties Western stereotype you could imagine, but it basically puts them on trial and butchers them, right? And shows basically deconstructs them and shows you everything that's wrong with them. And to me, Predator is doing the exact same thing and making their hero mortal. Yes, is that the idea in in every respect? Right. And it's funny when you actually go back and watch it. And if you keep that in mind when you watch it, you're like, holy shit, there's so many things that are paying off in that way. Even what we did at the beginning with the handshake. I remember rewatching the movie and it's interesting that that's such a such an iconic part of the movie and it's meant to show how badass these characters are and, and an excellent way to introduce the Dylan character in that movie. But it's funny how later on in the movie, that very same arm is blown it's, it's off, blown right off right? by the Predator. And things like that kind of pile up and pile up and pile up. And I noticed this sort of recently and I was like, oh, my God, this movie is deconstructing 80s action heroes. That's very interesting to me. And I was sort of going back and seeing like, okay, where does this where does this apply in this film? And there's there's the there's the opening that wonderful like compound sequence where they just blow everything to shit and it's incomprehensible. And it shows you that they spout one liners. They have an infinite supply of bullets. They can't get hit by shit. Even if they sort of do get scraped, they're like, hey, I ain't got time to bleed, whatever. And then... <laughs> <laughs> is that Jesse the Body Ventura who yes. said that? Okay. Yes, this guy with the big gun. Right. Who you think is going to be the big badass of the movie, and he's the second one killed. Right. And then you get to a later scene, and it, this is kind of the point where it all sort of cemented for me when I was when I was watching it, and I was thinking like, okay, could this movie really be doing that? And they get to a scene where they encounter the Predator again, after it's just killed uh, Jesse Ventura, and they just start firing into the woods for just trying to hit this thing. And they're going on for like seemingly like like for like five minutes or something. It just feels like forever. And it seems like they have just hundreds and thousands of bullets. It's ridiculous. And you finally, it's weird. This is the only part of the movie up until then where you see them reload, which is interesting. And then um, uh, at the end of it all, we get a nice, nice little line to basically drive home like what this movie's doing, where uh, the Hawkins character comes up to them, and after all that hellfire that they've unleashed, he's just like, "Not a thing, not a fucking trace, no blood, no bodies. We hit nothing." And I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh my god, they didn't solve a goddamn thing with their guns. Oh, that's awesome! Right? Wow, I never noticed that before. And right? The, just one thing after the other. Then you get to the the point with the." Um, the kind of showdown with the Indian character um, um, Billy when he cuts his chest and he's going to have an awesome battle, like an honorable battle with the with the predator. And then you see it off you screen. See, you right? see nothing. Nothing happens. Yeah. Right. And then he gets his spine ripped out. Right. And then, right. and just more and more incremental things. I love the 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 use of the the 
the bald character, his name is uh, Billy. And uh, similarly, you think he's, it's set up that he's going to have some redemption in the end. And it's going to be a similar kind of showdown with the Predator after his friend was killed. But again, killed immediately. Once, right. once he even tries to go and do it. And the real part where I'm just like, okay, this is where the, the movie is. It's basically, you know, uh, aside from the visuals, it's literally telling you what it's about. And it's uh, it's at the very end once uh, Dutch has kind of killed the, well, almost killed the Predator anyway. And he... And he asks the Predator, he's like, what the hell are you? And then the Predator uh, looks back at him and he's just like, what the hell are you? And I'm just like, oh, interesting. Okay. I like that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like that. I guess. I mean, it's not really Nietzsche, but it's it's no. it's a little bit of philosophy, I suppose. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Okay. It, that was a very impassioned uh, uh, monologue. I appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. It's also like really dumb. The I movie's really dumb. How so? I mean, I'm a, it's it's uh, how so? Well, because I don't think it is at all. Um, are you referring just to the first half of the film? Because it's supposed to be. Yeah, a, I I get it. I I understand. Like there again, there's a fine line between satire and actually doing the thing. We yeah. talk about that a lot on this show. <laughs> um, and there are time. I I buy it. I buy what your your argument. I don't necessarily think that explains why at the end, when the alien is blowing himself up, he maniacally laughs as though he's a mustachioed villain from a oh, vaudeville movie. That laugh was uh, Billy's laugh. It's just the recording that he's playing. Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If So if you want a fine little explanation from your Predator fanboy over here, that's okay. what that is. That is <laughs> You're the, like an encyclopedia. Yes. You're like the Ask Jeeves yeah. of the Predator it's franchise. N- it's not an issue in the film, Nico, and okay. here's why. <laughs> It's the recorded Billy's laugh from earlier. Okay, I understand. Yes. Uh, ooh, there's an owl. Oh my god, he's going for. Oh, is that an owl? Holy shit! Did he like kill a bunny? I think we did. Shit. We just saw a predator. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! That was terrible. <laughs> Dylan, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and uh, and there's a great. Uh, I'll keep going. I'll yes, keep. Please going. do. Please do. There's an excellent moment in the film where it's it's a motif uh, about the halfway point where Jesse Ventura's character is killed, and they play this really uh, like kind of sad and it's almost like requiem music for like a fallen soldier. It's it's like almost like the death of this this quote unquote hero, and they play it for the death of uh, or it's sort of the funeral sequence of uh, of Blaine, and then and my th- I, I kind of came up with this theory at the very end that you could sort of leave it open ended that. Uh, Dutch did in fact die. Cause, oh, because visually it makes sense. Why? I was watching. I was like, oh, interesting. They're playing that same exact funeral music again. He looks like shit. He looks like a ghost. He looks like this dead thing, and he's kind of. So when he goes in the helicopter on the end, you're saying that's a spirit. That's not actually him. Yeah, it it looks like it, and especially when you see him in the helicopter, it's interesting because in most Arnold Schwarzenegger films, he's sort of riding off in the sunset with his big-ass fucking muscles. Right. But in this, he's like, no. Even though he, he maybe got away alive, he looks completely defeated. Yes. And that's very uncharacteristic of any Arnold Schwarzenegger And film. looks scarred. It's he like, look, No, right. he looks dead. Right. He literally looks dead, and he's in this just wasteland of destruction that he's left behind. Right. I think it's very and it's And it's not, it's not victorious. No. Like, it's, not, it's not like he just saved the day. It's, no, I survived. It's like, fuck. Right. Yeah, exactly. It is an interesting movie in that it, it's, it's not really an action film in the traditional sense it's not like hero versus villain 
are are dueling for two hours. It's, it's it is what the title implies: a predator hunting its prey, and it's about surviving. It's about yeah. making it to the end and not being one of the dudes picked off. It's closer to a horror film, actually. Right, and it's not really a horror film, although it's it sort of become a horror film over the years. And I haven't seen any other predators, but besides the first and the last one. And I guess Alien versus Predator. I think in hindsight, we've sort of uh, recategorized it as a horror film. Mm-hmm. But take like tone aside, it is structurally very much a horror film. Oh, exactly. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the final girl that sort of, you know, yeah. she was just very buff and uh, Mr. Olympia. Well, because a lot of people think it's a Schwarzenegger film. But if you watch Schwarzenegger films, it's not as Schwarzenegger centric as you think, really. Right. It really isn't. It really takes a lot of time to develop every single member. It's sim- similar to what you were just saying that with the final girl. He really is just kind of just so happens to be the last guy alive. Right. And that and you can really feel that in the movie. It doesn't feel like he's stealing the spotlight from anybody, really. And for no particular reason. I mean, they haven't yeah. uh, really established that he is this excellent fighter. No. I mean, he's he's good at what he does, but he's not. Yeah. It's not like everyone else's stupidity. Exactly. It's just. Yeah, Carl Weathers happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, so he got his arm blown off. Yep, perfect. Yeah, it's interesting. I also think that it's funny. I think the casting in the original Predator is a stroke of genius, but I will say it's maybe the film's greatest detriment in some respects, only because I feel like the casting is part of the reason why people don't take the movie as seriously as they should. I think because it's just a bunch of action figures and not actual actors. That's what people think anyway. Every time they watch the film, and it's it's funny when you compare it to like the the um uh, the Wild Bunch because back in the day, Western heroes were far more respected and 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 people took those people far more seriously than you know anything that we got in the eighties. Yeah. Whereas the eighties was sort of campy and fun, and you could just go and have a good time. Whereas Predator was not doing that at all. It was meant to be like these guys are incredibly vulnerable, as powerful as they are, and we're not just gonna have them die. We're gonna to slaughter them because they could, they're only human and it can happen. And it also, <laughs> it's funny. You look back on this franchise, Arnold is not that important to the franchise in the grand scheme of things. He's not important at all other than the first movie. Right. Yeah. He, he just so happens to be in the first movie and then they've gone on for subsequent adventures without him. Exactly. Like, there was never any speculation, oh, is Arnold going to return for this reboot of The Predator? Yep. If you had said that about Terminator, for example... Arnold's not going to be in the new Terminator. What the what hell's the going on yep, here? Exactly. Like he's he better be in this because the Terminator and him are so tied at the hip. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. That the Predator, the character of the Predator, is actually the star of these films. Oh yeah, with that look, with that outfit, with that mask, with those dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. Like that's the star of this franchise for better or for worse. Exactly. Well, I think of that character before I think of Arnold. I know that. Certainly. And it's it's even though his most probably iconic line in all of cinema is not the job Yeah, if not yeah. at least maybe his second or third yep. is in that movie. But I know. Most people don't even know if you say, get to the chopper, what movie what is that from? They just think, oh, Arnold said it at some point. Exactly. Well, that's indicative of the kind of movie that it is. Too. Right. It's one of the, it's probably the only Schwarzenegger film, Schwarzenegger film in quotes that I've seen where there's a, there's a moment like right after, you know, they blow the shit out of the jungle and I'm, and they shoot Arnold from a low angle and he just looks completely weak to me. Right. That's a, that's a little, little dab of filmmaking. But in that moment, it's like, no, they're, they're screwed and they're terrified. And that's so unusual for these kind of people. Yeah. Very interesting. And, um, what was I going to say next? <laughs> oh, uh, I was oh going to say something about the impact of Predator because I, I said this to you on another podcast because once after Predator comes out, action films fundamentally change. 
in the 80s action film, uh, the 80s action hero kind of goes away. I was just about to say this. I was the just ver- about to make the same point, yeah. The very next year, McTarranen, who directed Predator... Does Die Hard. Does Die Hard. Right. You get the everyman action hero. Exactly and right. And after that, you start and getting... And he's crawling through glass, and he's cut up, and he's just an average cop that mm-hmm. wants to save his wife. Yep. And then we had a bunch of movies. As a matter of fact, didn't McTarran also direct Last Action Hero? Which is... When did that come out? Like, late 90s? Or when was that? Eh, I think, like... Would have been after uh, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, I think. Okay. So yeah, would have been like which late, late I haven't 90s. seen, but from what I understand, is another deconstruction of the action hero. Yep, it is. Right. I I I buy that for sure. I mm-hmm. think that's really interesting. And it's funny because if you look at the Predator movies, the next Predator movie that comes out is just a cop drama. Right. So right. There you go. I haven't seen it, but yep. okay. Do you like the second Predator? Yes. You do. Yep. I have. Let me say this. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, 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 let me just say this without spoiling anything about my thoughts of this new movie. Um, <laughs> You're allowed to spoil. I like most of the Predators. And when I say I like most of the Predators, I mean I've liked every film. <laughs> Aside from the AVP movies, I have liked every Predator film. I have liked every Predator Even film. the one from 2010 or whatever it Predators was. Predators is, again, similarly underrated. Not great. It's kind of a reboot of the first one. And is that with Adrian Brody? Yeah. A little weird, but uh, sells it fairly well for what it is. Okay. Um, not a bad movie. Not Again, not a great movie. It's incredibly flawed because it borrows too much from uh, the original. But it's a solid, kind of well-constructed little horror thriller similar in the vein of predator or yeah predator and then predator 2 is <laughs> almost a why is this a thing really but it's again i think a criminally underrated film i think it's it's very it's very comical and it's sort of mean-spirited and it's 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 very very bizarre but it's an interesting film visually and um it's an interesting follow-up to predator in the sense that it takes place in the city rather than the jungle and it sort of falls in line with I guess what Predator was trying to do which was you know not not have 80s action heroes exist anymore and you get the cop drama with Danny Glover right and uh which is basically just lethal weapon again yeah. right except Man, there's an alien not, in it not quite okay <laughs> Bill Paxton's in it I love Bill Paxton you would love him I love this. me some Bill Paxton <laughs> surveillance is my specialty I love that line <laughs> okay he says that a lot luck is my specialty <laughs> <laughs> hey nice flashlight mind if I borrow it <laughs> I love Fred and Gary Busey. Of course. A fucking alien. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we need to do that for why is this a thing? We so need to do that. You'll, will you like Predator 2? Just go in knowing that it's incredibly flawed. Okay. Oh my God. It's so much fun. Right. It's, I think it's, I think it's a good film with a ton of flaws, but I think it's, it's pros outweigh its flaws. So is it safe to say for you then that a, that a predator movie is better served to sort of turn into its horror elements rather than its comedy action film elements? Or do you think that, that those two things are, are permanently attached? to the films I, well because i don't i think it works better more as horror it could, but but it's weird because predator 2 steers a little bit more into the comedy route but doesn't go all the way in it's sort of there just for levity purposes right it's not a comedy whereas predators takes itself way too seriously almost to the film's detriment right and uh it, they, both films didn't find as much of a balance whereas like i think the only balance you do find is the first predator right I think if Predator 2 had gone any more comical, it would have been bad. And if uh, Predators had gone even more horror, it would have been, like, pretentious. Got it. 
Because so, it, and I ask this because obviously we're going to talk about The Predator now, directed by Shane Black, who mm-hmm. starred in the original film, or at yep. least made a brief appearance talking no, about yeah, he was, he his was mother's a, vagina. Yeah. Um, Not his mother's vagina, or, his girlfriend. His girlfriend's vagina. Jeez, you got a big pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other joke about the echo? That is the echo. I was going up to my girlfriend and I said to her, geez, you got a big pussy. Geez, you got a big pussy. I said to her, why did you say that twice? And I said, I didn't. You see, because of the echo with the... uh... So dumb. (laughs) So he directs this new one and Shane Black, writer of Lethal Weapon, director of The Nice Guys from a few years ago, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Iron Man 3. Fucking love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I also love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Is sort of this modern day noir comedy action comedy buddy cop movie uh, uh, renaissance man. He he's really good at this sort of shit. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that he was going to be making these, I did sort of raise an eyebrow. Like I I thought to myself, these Predator movies don't really feel uh, like like they're in his range. Like they're in his skill set. They've never been in his skill set. That didn't mean I th- thought he couldn't do it, though. Especially, I, guess, I suppose, after Iron Man 3, which, again, a lot of people don't like, but I think it's good. I think it's I think at this point, it's kind of underrated. I do. No, I think I watched it recently, actually. It's like, you know what? This is a good movie. Yeah, there's some good stuff in there. It's not a great movie, but it's a good movie. I love the stuff yeah. with uh, the Mandarin, and I and I well, that's the that thing twist. that it, Well, that's what everybody, everybody hates it. And yeah. I was like, no, I'm fine with that. I'm totally okay with that twist. With the way they've been handling villains in uh, most Marvel movies, that's at least kind of interesting. And yeah, it made at least me think, say something. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like I said, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, is like a favorite of mine. I, to me, that's like some of the better dialogue I've ever heard. Right. And uh, The Nice Guys I fucking love as well. Yeah. So I've loved even the movies that Shane Black has written. I've liked pretty much every Shane Black film. Yes. So So it's safe to say, based on what you've just heard, your expectations were unreasonably high for this movie. Or at least you were anticipating it. uh, At first... I mean, I was keeping track of this movie, so right. and usually when I keep track of movies like that, my my expectations will either stay where they are or they'll gradually lower, and which is not a great way to follow movies. Yes, like it's not a great way to view a movie having read a hundred reviews about it ahead of time. I know, which you is know? bad. But I'm, I'm and I, I'm guilty of this as well. I'm obsessed. It, it's it is my franchise. Yes, I did the same thing with Alien Covenant. Yeah, so. I'm gonna have a really hard time going into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Completely unbiased because again, I read every single fucking article about that. I'm, but too. I'm really excited for that. I am and, too. And you know my sort of quote unquote mixed feelings on Tarantino, but I'm really excited for that. But movie. no, but I think that's part of the reason why Hateful Eight just landed so poorly for me. Is I went into that thing having read every single interview, I followed the press tour mm-hmm. every single step of the way, and then by the time I got there, I'm like, this is it. Like I, I, I was gonna go see the special 35 millimeter print, and and it was a big for me and then it just sort of ugh. and you watch a, a 70 millimeter movie that takes place in basically the size of the room that we're in right <laughs> way to use for your- three hours not a great film no but maybe if i had seen that on a random weekend on cable yeah. i would have been like what the fuck is this movie the same way i discovered reservoir dogs i put it on on netflix yeah. you know same way i discovered pulp fiction and stuff mm-hmm sometimes when we anticipate these things a little too much, it's it's impossible to view it as an unbiased uh, uh, experience. But, exactly. So maybe... I, I, now, I don't think that would have been the case with this movie. No. I don't think you would have felt any differently about it if you had seen it for the first time having no idea what it was or if you had read 200 views ahead of time uh, or t- reviews ahead of time, but it certainly didn't help. Is that fair to say? Yes. <laughs> 
And let me put it as as plainly as possible. This movie fucking sucks. Not good. <laughs> this movie is not good. It's not good. For a lot of fascinating reasons. And uh, I've been thinking about it a lot these last couple of days. And I don't know if I completely blame Shane Black because this is, when I was watching, I was like, this is more than just a, a, a director not knowing what to do. This is a studio clashing with the director and a post-process that was an absolute nightmare. It really does feel like this thing was cut to to shit. It really does. Oh my God. It feels like this thing was workshopped and focus grouped and there were just one too many people in the room when this thing was getting edited because it is a fucking mess of a post-production. That's saying something. I have. I, it's been a long time since I've seen a film this messy. This is like Suicide Squad level messy. Right. It's, it's. But Suicide Squad, though, it didn't feel like the studio got in the way too much. <laughs> that feels like that was just doomed from the get-go. Yeah. Like, Iyer, uh, uh, David Iyer, just, his vision was just not a particularly worthwhile one. Sure. Yeah. So at least that sort of went for something. Okay. This, I don't know what kind of movie this was. I'm not sure if it's a comedy, if it's a horror movie, if it's an action movie. I don't know what any of these characters <laughs> were meant for. I don't know why we got introduced to them, what ended up happening to them in a lot of cases. It, it, it is a mess of a plot. It is way too plotty. I hate to say that it should have been a half hour longer. It should have been. I get, but at the same time, I don't want to spend another half hour with this movie. Like, I just wanted to leave the theater. No, this movie desperately needed to be longer. Desperately. Because, I mean, I mean, we talk about pacing a lot in movies. I don't know what this film was thinking with how it jumps around. I mean, it's, it's, oh my God. That first, like, 20 minutes, they've, they've covered, like, what should have been or not even 20 minutes it's like 10 minutes it's really quick like when they get to the bus right that that should have taken like half an hour <laughs> that should yes. have been like three times longer than it actually was to introduce these characters properly but we cover it all in like 10 minutes right we get introduced to Olivia Munn as just a scientist barely even that we're just like hey person on the side of the road we need you come here do you like gazing at stars yep <laughs> And okay, I'm, we're not really exaggerating, <laughs> but but we're not exaggerating is the thing. That's pretty much what happens. No, that's literally the line. It's just medium shot. She turns around. Come with us. Okay, right. It's like what? Yes, Sterling K. Brown is a hard ass military dude that is trying to do what exactly? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I don't really know. I have no idea what the fuck that organization and that squad is. Attempting to do by killing civilians. I I, I guess it's the idea of trying to weaponize the predator and study it. Yes. I guess. Why? I don't. I don't know why everybody needs to die after like just seeing the thing. They saw the alien. They can't let these secrets get out, Nico. Oh, I see. Clearly. So it's some Area 51 shit. Yeah. So that's what Sterling K. Brown's whole arc is. You get Jacob Tremblay. As, as uh, this fucking kid we- who is really good at, like, programming alien software. I don't know what iOS the fucking Predators are on, <laughs> but this kid is a whiz with it. We need to save this one for later. This one's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you've got Boyd Holbrook, who 
just insert any other boring white buff dude. He's better than most, but he's not that great. I could. I honestly, I had heard the name before. I was not able to tell you until afterwards that he was in Logan. No, I knew. I knew that he was that he was in Logan. That's that's pretty. I I just he's also in he's also in Gone Girl for a supporting role. So I just felt like you lump him in with the lead guy in Pacific Rim, and you (laughs) lump him in with whoever the DC superheroes are, or or any of the Chris's. They all just sort of blend together. No, I'd do the same thing anyway. Right? Yeah. And his whole arc is he's a soldier, not a great father, but he's a really good soldier. (laughs) And his wife is not happy about it. And he he says he says something about killing, and then he contradicts himself later. And I don't fucking right. Know. He doesn't enjoy killing, but he kind of does enjoy. He kind of does enjoy killing <laughs> for the sake of a joke. He enjoys killing <laughs> for the sake of a joke. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and then you got a bunch of prisoners. Yes, like Theon from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yep, and Keegan Michael Key, and the gay guy from Moonlight, and the. Gay guy from Moonlight. That's what he was from. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He was at the end of Moonlight when they were in the restaurant speaking for an unbearably long amount of time. That's correct, Nico. That scene that wouldn't end. That horrible third ha- third act. What of a film. terrible third act of that movie. Speaking I'm of... S- I'm sorry, people. I'm sorry. I, I Moonlight is not that bad of a movie. I, I, I hate to rehash this again. I, it will probably re- be remembered quite fondly for the next several years. Everybody is just conveniently overlooking that third act. No. It is so bad. Oh, we watched it in school, and then I was telling a buddy of mine, and he, he was watching, he's like, this is okay, it's not that bad. And then we get to the third act, and he turns to me, he's like, whoa. It just comes <laughs> to a screeching fucking halt. Yeah. And oh, no yeah. one likes to talk about it because they love the beginning with the gangster. Yeah. Everybody thinks that that relationship, and when he's baptizing him in the water, whatever, and swimming, in him, swimming around, teaching him how to swim... Or when he's coming on the beach, like everybody's like, yeah, this shit is so groundbreaking. And then all of a sudden, it's just two dudes at a diner not talking about anything. Eating beans. Oh, how beautiful, Nico. They're in love and they don't know it. So goddamn boring. (laughs) So (laughs) it is really fucking boring. Mahershala Ali elevates that movie like a whole one and a half stars. Kind of. For sure. I don't even love Mahershala Ali in that movie. See, I love him in that movie. He's all right. Okay. Anyway, you know what he's also in? He's in Predators. Oh, is he? He's in Predators, the third Predator movie. Yeah. Oh. He's actually quite good in it. Really? For, for the short time he's in it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So yes, we're introduced to this cast of characters, mm. which is populated by some pretty big movie stars, who don't really get to do anything. Yes. Explain to me exactly what happens, because I couldn't recite the plot if I tried. Oh, I can't fucking do it. <laughs> let me let me say this. Um, the idea is that there is a predator on the run from a super predator because he stole some secret technology and the super predator wants it back because, you know, we, we can't have humans or whatever species you're giving this to to have it. Why was he <laughs> trying to get it to the humans? We'll get to that. <laughs> My answer will be very short. Um, Can we get to it now? <laughs> There's no reason. Okay. There's no fucking reason. I got it. it it's the, makes no sense for the Predator's character at all. The, the, it, this movie really fucks with the lore, too. Oh, what? God. So, the, okay. Uh, anyway. Well, go ahead. 
So yeah, the, the 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 fugitive predator comes to Earth, crash lands, and Boyd Holbrook's character intercepts the fallen space, spacecraft, and the predator gets out of its pod, kills all all of his men, and kind of injures him. But he gets away with some alien technology that he ships off to his son, so his <laughs> his, his Asperger's ridden son, and he wants. I don't think it's Asperger's ridden. I don't think it's like a disease. I think it's contagious. I think it's a mental illness. Are you sure? I don't think it's like a bacteria. Oh, okay. I thought you could get it by like licking the bottom of your shoe or something. Anyway. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Anyway. uh, So rusty needle. That's how you get Asperger's. So, uh, so he ships it off to his Asperger's ridden son. And um, (laughs) please uh, don't say that. (laughs) God damn it. And, um, um, uh, for whatever reason, I guess, cause I don't know why he wanted to do that. I still don't fully under like just because I think there was a throwaway line where he said, that's the only way I knew it would be safe. Why does he want to take it in the first place? Why would you take that shit? Because I think he noticed that it was kind of cool. I think he noticed, holy shit, this must be meaningful. But that's not what a soldier would do. (laughs) I guess. Yeah, but for some reason he runs into the town and he gets that little ball. Remember that little ball thing? Yes. What the fuck is that ball thing? It was a little mini cloaking device thing that the Predator would wear. And that's how they do the camouflage. No, because in the other movies, they just tap a little button on their gauntlet and then... But that, theoretically, is the the thing driving the machine. Sure. It's the... the Memory yes. chip, yeah, whatever, possibly that, that gets okay. I so he so he swallows that thing, mm-hmm. and then ends up shitting it out later on in the movie, and then it ends up getting lost in the woods. Yeah, and nothing happens with it. Yes, okay. And this was the thing that he, again he put his family in danger in order to protect. I think it was used later to fight the super predator because I think one of I think. Olivia Munn right. used it, but here's the problem is that the, it wouldn't matter to the Predator because it could just see the cloaking, it could see you through the cloaking device, so I was like, right. who cares? It, it, it does you, heat signals, right? Yeah, so it doesn't matter visually what you look like. Your movie forgot its its own rules. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let, let me just say this, and, and you and I sort of agree with this. The first 15 minutes, it's kind of good. It's, it's, not, not, it's not, not great. great. No, 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 no. I remember sitting in the theater and thinking, yeah, I, I'm not seeing what all the critics are seeing quite yet. Like, um, I thought it was fine. Yes, um, I agree. Again, it, it, hollow characters. Fast, is way too fast. Way too fast, I agree. But there's some good stuff. I yes. really enjoyed the sequence at the beginning in the lab. I, I like. Oh my God, I love the labs. I, that's my, I could I could just watch the lab sequence and be satisfied. Right. But of course, there's more movie. Yeah, it was uber violent. It was thrilling. I didn't, yeah. Olivia Munn stripping down and being all vulnerable in front of the Predator. It just, it felt a little bit lazy. It's tense though. I it's, guess. The, it's the most tense part of the entire yeah, film. Yeah, it's like, all right, I've, I've kind of seen the naked girl with the monster before, but it was you're right it was the only genuine thrilling sequence in the entire film yes. for a movie that's not much of a thriller yeah exactly that in the opening when they first encounter the predator and it's like shockingly violent actually right and there's that wonderful shot with the blood dripping on the predator after he knocks himself out yes very absolutely m- loved that good shot Great. but that Fantastic. also felt like another thing that shane black had dreamt up with his buddies one night and he's like holy shit 
I have an idea for a Predator movie. And he threw that great idea into the first five minutes of the script. And then for the next hour 45 of the script, he had nothing else. He had used up his one good idea early on. Yeah. And that happens all the time with, with scripts. I, it, that's why, generally speaking, the first acts of movies are better than the second and third. Mm-hmm. It's because a filmmaker throws everything that they got at the beginning. Yep, exactly. And right at that point, I realized... Shane Black has no inventive take on this material. He has nothing else to tell us about this universe. Uh, I mean, kind of. The movie... There's there's always a point in movies like this where you realize, like, it's it's just not going to get better. Or it's going to get go way downhill from here. And it wasn't the first time they come onto the bus, but when they come back. And immediately I'm like, okay, something's wrong here because they're not reacting to the fact that that's an alien. Yeah. I had the same thought. You remember how I had the d- exact same thought. Do you remember how quickly they accept the fact that that was an alien running across yes. the roof? And I'm just like, what? I had the exact same thought. And then I knew, oh god, it's going to be this kind of movie, right? Fuck! And they're going to rush every single scene to its to its just uh, to its detriment. And there were there are several scenes that I can point to that are guilty of that same problem. Like when the super predator comes and ends up crushing the regular predator. Those characters don't react at all either. Like, there is no moment to just sort of sit here and think about what just happened. Like, that should be a big revelation in the film when the oh, big yeah. predator crushes the little predator. And it's just sort of, like, glossed over as another plot device to get our characters out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Like, we just accept that it's a MacGuffin <laughs> and, and don't even, like, comment on it at all. Like, that's yeah. what this movie does. It's just breakneck pace on next scene, next scene, next scene, next scene, next scene. With no connective tissue. No, exactly. And that's the thing. It doesn't feel like this is what we were talking about. And when I came out of the movie, I'm like, the AVP movies could be better than this. Because here's the thing. At least they're movies. Right. This doesn't feel like a movie at all. It just feels like a collection of scenes with no through line. Nothing really. It doesn't feel like anything flows naturally together. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. AVP is stupid. Incredibly stupid. But in terms of plot structure predator comes hunts the aliens teams up with the humans to defeat the final alien that's an arc i mean that actually goes somewhere yeah this movie doesn't really go anywhere it doesn't even go anywhere with the father-son relationship i know which they so desperately wanted you to care about there's one scene and i was just like oh movie like if you wanted me to really buy into this emotional moment you're having with your the kid you really needed to sell me on that earlier like there was some real turmoil there i didn't get that i know at all because you don't hold on any moments i know this is uh, this is film hold on your moments you assholes i know oh god this is this is what i'm talking about this is i I, i've criticized christopher nolan with this but that's another topic i'm not so sure (laughs) that if this movie were slower i would have enjoyed it more like i don't know if you because i I think a lot of it was fundamentally flawed. Oh, yeah. The the stuff in this script was just stupid. It was a stupid movie. It was a stupid idea. It was not well thought out. And the few one-liners that I actually enjoyed were few and far between. Oh, my God, yeah. Th- there wasn't much to love. There wasn't much to love in this script or in, in this story. No. And also, like, these characters kind of sucked. Yeah, like they're just really bad characters, which is often I don't I don't, I don't mind a the symptom I, of these types of movies. Well, I don't mind the idea of them being crazies, but again, this 
maybe not longer, slower, but it certainly could have used more time. This is what I was talking about with just making it longer. It just needed more scenes with us to really appreciate who these people actually are. I never got a sense of who they were other than the fact that they're crazy and they quip at each other. Right. That was pretty much it. And the only times I enjoyed them was when Keegan-Michael Key said like one or two things every like a half an hour apart from each other right or <laughs> so. when he made just the jokes at the like uh your your mom's the, pussy's rated e for everyone there was a better one too about uh his mom oh how do you circumcise a, a homeless dude or something no there was the mom and the black guys oh uh oh shoot yeah i forgot that joke that one was good i liked how do you circumcise a homeless man you kick your mom in the chin <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that a lot <laughs> That was a good one. See, that's like Shane Black uh, humor right there. I like that kind of stuff when it's there. Uh, but it's not really suited for this material. Uh, I guess. It, it certainly needed to be toned back. Oh, my God. Sure. Oh, my God. Because, again, Predator 2 kind of goes there, but not to this degree. I don't think we've had ed- any evidence that Shane Black can make a compelling family drama. Like, I don't think like that's just not what he's good at. He's good at two guys doing masculine things, shooting at each other and quipping and uh, just at the end of the day reflecting on their friendship. Mm-hmm. He's never really made a compelling family drama. No. I would uh, there's some pretty good stuff in Iron Man 3 with the kid in in the town that Tony Stark visits. Yes. And that dynamic is interesting. I would have liked to see a lot more of that heart in this movie. I like some of the father-daughter stuff in The Nice Guys though. That's pretty. I mean, their chemistry is awesome. Yeah, that's true. That's I agree with that. Yeah, it's played for laughs more often than not, but there's sort of a bitter sweetness to it because of why they're doing it. So right, but and again though, but it's it's uh, it's self aware and it's a little cynical and it's uh, a little transgressive. And this tried to be so much more sincere than it actually was. Yes, and and that's when it sort of turned me off because mm-hmm. I'm like. You really haven't showed me that this father cares about his son or (laughs) that this son really loves his dad and wants to spend more time with his dad. Mm -hmm. Like if you had really hammered home the fact that he was a maybe not selfish, but a career focused military man that doesn't spend enough time with his family. If you'd really lingered on that point, perhaps we could have bought that relationship a little more. Oh yeah. Or the, the, I mean, even the fact that he was supposed to have PTSD, which I never got any impression of. I, I still don't realize that he had PTSD. (laughs) Is this a new, yeah. Is that true? They're like, yeah, your character has PTSD. What's up with you? And I'm like, what? Is that true? What? I don't remember that detail. Yeah, apparently, apparently that that that's what he was about. Oh my god! This movie was trying to be so many fucking things. It's like like you said before, it's trying to be a comedy, an action comedy, or just a straight up horror. It's trying to be a family drama. It's trying to be one of those kind of throwback retro eighties mumbo jumbo plots about you know aliens and taking. I love those offhand exposition scenes where they're explaining what the technology does oh my and why they're. Those were so bad. I was literally cringing in my seat. I was covering my eyes. I couldn't. I couldn't. Watch sit through it it was so terrible you're so right oh my right and for a guy that does a lot of comedy there's a shockingly high amount of unintentional comedy and that's the that's a problem that's a problem when you have a comedy director not aware of the fact that he's making something funny but but oh but this is what I'm talking about. Like, again, it just feels very like and I don't mean the film itself is 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 rushing along. I mean, it just feels rushed to the way it's shot, to the way it's edited together, to just sort of the, the half ass way of 
concluding characters. There is a okay, Sterling K. Brown's character just disappears. That's what we think anyway. I remember after the film, you and I were like, "Where the hell did he go?" Yes. And I looked it up. Turns out there is like uh, like two frames of him shooting himself in the head. That's crazy. <laughs> he, he he has a predator shoulder cannon and he thinks he can kill off the the super predator with it. And as soon as he tries to use it, it turns on him, shoots him in the head. That's fucking insane. Did you know that that happened? No. <laughs> How many times in film have you seen a guy shoot himself in the head and you not remember it? <laughs> How many fucking times? Wow. Th- there are more. Memory- Could you imagine in full metal jacket? If you didn't realize that Gomer Pyle had fucking shot himself in the mouth after the first act of that movie, could you imagine? Wait, did Gomer Pyle die in that? What happened to Vincent D'Onofrio? I was really enjoying him. Wow, I'm I'm so proud to know that Exposition for a Murder has more memorable headshots. No, it's true. <laughs> you made a fucking movie more memorable than this one. Think about that for a second, Adam Hall. Yeah. No, it that's supposed to be a jarring thing when someone shoots themselves in the head. Yeah. And the fact we don't even remember we gloss over it just because it's a part of the noise in, in the climax of this movie. It's insane. Yep. And not only that, that that was within the same sequence as Keegan Michael Key and the <laughs> oh, other we gotta dude. Talk about this. We got to talk about this. So this is insane. oh my god. So the predator ends up shooting Keegan Michael Key and pinning him to a tree, or no, the other way around. He pins like, the other guy to the tree. He shoots uh, Keegan Michael Key, I think, with like one of his like like wrist blade gauntlets, and it like slices him open, and his, gut, his guts are hanging out. It's really nasty. Right. But he also throws Thomas Jane's character up into a tree, and he like pins him up against a branch, so he's just impaled there, and he's hanging like fifty feet up. Right. And in a very very you know you know proud and 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 sad and poetic moment the two the two best friends laying there give each other a knowing look <laughs> as they would write in the script right give each other a knowing look yes they stare at each other and they point their guns straight at each other to put each other out of their miseries and then they pull the triggers and, and then they get fire this, at the same time let's get this wide shot <laughs> of thomas jane hanging in a tree <laughs> <laughs> and keo michael key with his guts out just ugh. That's unbelievable timing, by the oh way. Oh my! God. They didn't even do a countdown. It's like, are you gonna go first? You gonna go? First? It's like the worst form of uh, no. You hang up. I kept wondering <laughs> that. Like, wait a second. What if one shot first? And that's what, what I'm saying. What if he missed. I know. And now you're leaving the other guy hanging. What if you shot literally? Him, if you shot him in the head, then he's just fucked. He's just like, what am I gonna do now? <laughs> he so can't shoot ridiculous. me. And the two of us turn to each other in the movie theater, and we just start dying laughing. We're like, what the fuck is happening? I was like, because in my head, I'm just like, what the fuck was that? And then your girlfriend, Abby, is sitting next to you. Uh, God bless her. You brought her to this goddamn movie. I felt so bad when I found out that you brought her. She wanted to. I, oh. I, I, I told her, I was like, Abby, you're not going to like this movie. Man, Do you really want to go? And you should have like, called me and I, and I would have talked her down off the ledge on that one because that was a bad move. But you bring her into this and she's like, what are you two laughing at? <laughs> and it's like it's just absurd yeah well because she she didn't she doesn't see the, the, those kinds of moments in movies as frequently as we do so so we're right just, so we're just like oh my god what the <laughs> fuck is this what the fuck is the, it was absolutely ridiculous yeah there was that and then there was the other thing with the thumb 
Oh god, this oh god, this movie really pissed me off. I'm not sure point. if this just, was this being played for laughs or not. This moment, it, it had to have. You think so? It's a it's the predator taking a severed arm and putting it in the form of a thumbs up to right. the driver to make him think that his passengers are still alive. Right. He he gets in an armored truck, kills everybody in the back seat. That that's a hell of a lot more comical than. Uh, Dylan's severed arm falling to the ground in the first one, still holding the trigger. And, right. I mean, that's yeah, a that, significant uh, difference. Right. So, yes, he chops off the arm. The driver doesn't notice that his entire crew has been killed. And so the predator, to fool the driver <laughs> into passing through the gate yep. to whatever facility they're entering, takes the arm, puts it in a thumbs up, and says, we're all good back here. <laughs> Why the fuck does the predator need a truck to get in? He can just hide the know. fence. He can kill literally every security guard imaginable. What the hell? And be camouflaged the entire yeah, time. Yeah, he doesn't need to do shit. What the f- I mean, there was some good violence there, I guess, but... Yeah. I mean, that moment was just... That was one of the moments where I'm like, oh, God. It's this kind it's of a movie. Exactly. It's this type of a movie. It's not Shh. the type of movie I was expecting, but that's what we got. Uh, and I remember when the trailers came out for this movie, I'm just like, ugh. It's doing that thing where franchises try way too hard to be ambitious. Don't do that. And, yeah. And then sure enough, <laughs> happened with the Alien franchise. And now it's happening with Predator. There is like a shockingly small amount of Predator in this movie. Yeah. In the first like hour and a half. Well, there's a shocking amount. There's not that much Predator in the first Predator movie. But effectively, there's not. That's the real key difference. Effectively, there's less Predator. The key is the presence of the Predator is looming over it. Exactly. Right? That's the key. Mm -hmm. He's always in the background watching. And you think, what the hell is this thing all about? You can always feel him. Right. Great. In this movie, you get the Predator at the beginning, you get the sequence, they drive off to go to Boyd Holbrook's house, and then they end up fighting the other dudes. Mm -hmm. Like, most of the conflict is between that ragtag team of criminals and and, and Sterling K. Brown. Mm -hmm. And that, I just... You have to at least explain to me what that whole conflict is about first mm-hmm. before I fucking invest myself in it. I never understood why anyone was trying to really kill each other. Like we kind of said, it's like, why do these people need to die? What, what's, so what if they find this ship? Does it really matter that much? They're trying to help you. I know. <laughs> I, I was, know. And it's such uh, a shame, too, because I really like this cast. I like a lot of oh, people yeah, in too. this cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like Jake Busey at the beginning. <laughs> um, you know, his character is the son of Gary Busey's character. In Predator oh, 2. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, I love that. That's yep. a great little Easter egg. And he ends up dying, right? Gary Busey? No, uh, Jake Busey. Oh, eh, we don't really we know. Don't really he gets know. injured. He's got like a wound on his in his like liver or something. Right. Um, I really like Sterling K. Brown a oh, lot. Really great performance. Again, and I, he's really good in this, even though his, his character makes no sense. Yeah, pretty much. His motivation makes no sense. And he's so off the walls. <clears throat> I, like, I can never figure out what he's up to. But in a bad way. It's not like, oh my God, what's this guy going to do next? It's like, what are you up to? What are you doing? Right. Like, dude. Like, chill. <laughs> right. What, what, what was the point of all that? Why are you chewing gum? <laughs> I know. Even, like, some of the unsung heroes, like, Ivan Strakovsky is mm-hmm. the wife in this. And she's been great in stuff like Dexter and 24, and she's, like, one of those great uh, hot female leads that has sort of been relegated to the good wife role. And, and she's, she's able to do nothing. She's in, like, two scenes. Yeah, and she's just angry the entire time. Yep. It's like, and it's there's nothing fun about this. There's nothing revelatory about this. It's just, oh, God. Like, every, you want every scene to work out the in this sort of fun way that you're describing. And, and it, it's, it's, 
it's so weird because again, each scene it feels like it's trying to be a different movie. Do you know what I mean? Right. And and, and it's just because it's so frustrating watching it because I have no idea how to feel every single every other scene. I have no idea how I'm supposed and to feel. And there's just so much plot for I, no good. Oh reason. my god! And the Predator doesn't work as well with the, too much plot. That's that's the I guess the bigger problem with the the second movie is that it's almost too plotty. Right. It's not so plotty that it it hurts the film to a to a significant degree. But you know, it's like tone it back. Go go to the original one. There's a reason that movie was so effective. You know, cause and it, I was actually hoping that they just sort of slowed down and let's just make a predator versus people, mm. just a, a cat and mouse game. That's what I was. Oh, when you I know, saw, when I saw the trailers, I was like, oh my god, if it if it chooses to do that, that'd be so awesome. And that's sort of what the trailer implied because there was a lot of stuff in the woods, mm-hmm. but they only get to the woods at the end. Yep. You know, so all that shit where it's like, oh man, we're gonna really revisit the sort of aesthetic pleasures of the original movie and they didn't they just made it this weird military (laughs) cop prisoner conspiracy thriller yeah i don't know what it was i don't know what this movie was and then (laughs) they started they had this one stupid fucking line about global warming you remember that part when they're in the barn oh it was the most throw it's it's so ham-fisted i've never seen it I, I this is that was about the point where I was I was about to turn to Abby and be like I just I think I actually said like I want to go so bad I, I can't believe I'm saying this but I was considering walking out of this movie right I was so close if I didn't have to see this movie I probably would have walked out of it <laughs> it's pretty crazy the the guy says to Olivia Munn's character how much time do you think we got left on this planet because of climate change because of climate change a generation, maybe two generations. And I'm sitting there like, no, we got a good like rest of the Earth's life cycle. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good till the sun fucking burns out. Are, do you know how long a generation is? <laughs> you dumbass. I know. Oh, it's so stupid. And then usually a movie like that would tr- would be like, okay, so global warming is a threat in this movie, so they're going to do something to fix that. Is but this they- a future... Like post-apocalyptic thing that no. this is present time, right? Present, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, d- 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 so they're like, yeah, global warming is going to take us out pretty soon. So the predators are coming back to Earth more frequently because in order to hunt us while they can. Well, because it's like they, predators, they can hunt us while they can, and they like hot environments, so they're going to come to Earth because it's it's warming up. It's so, so fucking stupid. stupid. It's so dumb. It's so stupid. And it doesn't say anything. No. It ends up saying nothing. It is so lazy. And and I God damn it. I wish I could take it seriously, you know, because there there are so many scenes where it's just like I just I just want to see this movie as something genuine. But even when we get to scenes like that, it's just like, oh my god, like the rest of the movie is is, is it's just nonsense. It's a bunch of bullshit. And yeah, he, there was there's a moment when uh, in the trailer that's really great when the predator picks up the guy from the bus and he hangs him above the he hangs him above the bus. Right. I forgot who that guy was. I don't care. Um, but it and you think it's going to be this great, really badass, maybe even violent moment that's going to kind of freak you out. But he just sort of holds him up there and he comically tells the people to point their put their guns down. I was just like, that's just not what the predator would do, in my opinion. It just seems so. Yeah, he's a hunter. It's so wrong. He's not Every, a terrorist. There's like no hunting going on in this movie, too. By the way, until like the last ten minutes. I know, kind, kinda. And, yeah, and then there's that stupid countdown clock. Like you have ten minutes to go. 
before oh, I come hunting you. That ink, that that translator part. Yeah. Oh, that was as th- if we're like watching an episode of The Amazing Race or something. I was just like holding my sides at how at how bad that was. I know you're really gonna just outline the stakes for us. Oh, like the, it's it's one of like it, it's almost like Die Hard with a Vengeance level. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance level does it well because at least it has Jeremy Irons doing it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but it, all of a sudden, the predator becomes. This very human enemy. I know. Which is annoying because that's not what this thing is supposed to be. No. You know? Well, here's the weird part about it is that this movie does something. And this is why it's to me, it's almost the antithesis of Predator because Predator is trying to take away the superhero isms of the 80s characters. Right. And this movie is trying to be a superhero film. In a way. Especially Certainly. by the end of it. Certainly, in a way, yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I... Oh my God, definitely. Definitely with that ending scene. It's true. He just becomes Iron Man at the end, doesn't he? Yeah. It's just like, all right, now we're passing this on to the next generation of Predator Hunters. <laughs> just like, what the fuck are we watching? What is this movie doing? It's like, when the trailers were coming out, it's it's really interesting if you watch all of them, because there is not one that is the same. And, and when I say there's not one that's the same, I mean each one is its completely different tone. There's one that's the like, trailers. Yeah, one has got like that cl- kind of cliche piano music that's put at the beginning of every trailer now, right. and then about five trailers later, you get a grindhouse trailer. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. There is a grindhouse trailer for this fucking movie. That's how you know this thing was workshopped to death. I mean, that's how you know. There was even this one story that came out this week. You know the Olivia Munn situation. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she was in a scene with a convict convicted sex offender yes that like had sex with like a 13 year old years ago and he was a friend of shane black's Mm -hmm. and she fought to get this thing removed from the movie and i gotta feel like that's not there were plenty of more scenes just like that that sort of served some sort of purpose that were cut out for no reason exactly just because the focus groups didn't like it i know and it became it came to the point where now boyd holbrook sterling k brown they all skipped out on the media tour they're like, yeah, we're just not going to promote this movie anymore because it's nothing like anyone envisioned it. It's nothing like what they thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, it's I, And it's funny because apparently they ostracized uh, Olivia Munn. Yes. For, but I got a feeling they probably did it because they were like, like, Olivia, like this movie is fucked up enough as it is. Right, it's not <laughs> worth it. Like, come on. Yeah, I kind of, I, I could see that. Like, I wouldn't want to promote this movie either. I would pretend that, I would like to pretend it didn't exist. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen. It's no. certainly the worst film I've seen this year. Um, wow, I've seen some bad ones this year. What have you seen this year? Well, the new Cloverfield movie. Uh, well, I don't count that. And fuck that movie. I actually had very similar problems. Yeah. None of it made sense, and it didn't know what type of movie it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Let me pull out what I... I always I keep a ranking a running ranking of, my, of all the movies I see. Oh, Gotti was worse than this. Okay, yeah, there you yeah, go. Gotti was Gotti was worse. Yeah, I actually have it in the bottom three. Yeah, wow. here are my bottom five movies so far. Jesus of 2018. Gotti number one, Cloverfield Paradox number two, The Predator number three, The Commuter number four, okay. and Paterno number five. All right, yeah, <laughs> that's fine by me. All very bad. Ant Man and the Wasp just got kicked out of the top, the bottom five. I didn't even bother with that one. Congratulations! God damn it! I can't believe it. It's so bad because we do. We've seen so much great sci-fi recently. Oh yeah, we've seen so much great, specifically sci-fi horror. Yeah, you know, if only like a movie like Predator 
had the vision that A Quiet Place had. Sure. Had the vision that any of the A24 horror films oh had. God, yeah. You know, it, it seems like we've gotten pretty good at making monster movies. And this reboot of a classic title just, again, doesn't quite know what it wants to be. And it's too bad because they make money and people like these movies and people continue to see them. Yeah. I don't know why it just doesn't have more confidence. It's, I don't, again, but though, but I don't know if it's, like, who's to blame for this one? Is it, is it totally I, Shane Black? It's a lot, yes. It's, it's a lot of it is Shane Black. Th- it's not th- a good script. I, I guess, but he, I don't know. I, when it's not a good script. Obviously, it was, it was doomed I, from I the get-go <laughs> to a certain extent. I think it certainly could have been better had he been allowed to do everything that he wanted to do. I don't, I don't know. This feels like studio interference at its finest. I will say that. I could see that. Uh, what was your thought about the kid? I hated the kid. Yeah. I mean, Jacob Tremblay's fine in the movie, but um, his like what his purpose is is it's uh, it's ridiculous. I was going to say another R word, but uh, that would be in very poor taste. Yeah, don't uh, say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, his character is essentially, you know, he's, he's, he's a superhero of his own, isn't he? Oh boy. Cause apparently having Asperger's makes you a superhero. Listen, I, I, <laughs> no, and I, I'm being a hundred percent serious when I say this. I love when a movie just decides to take what is generally considered a weakness mm-hmm. and turns it into a strength. I think it's one of the most powerful things that can happen in a movie like this in a quiet place. When the deaf girl ultimately, the, the, her deafness helps her to defeat the aliens mm-hmm. and save her family, I was choking up at yep. that idea. I just think that's a beautiful thing. And, and that's you, happened to great effect with autism and Asperger's in the past. You similarly like uh, Django and uh, Inglorious Bastards, not so much weaknesses, but the, the victims. Right. It's, yeah, it's t- yes, they take vengeance. their victimhood and they turn it into power. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what is, uh, is traditionally considered powerless, the powerless become powerful. Yep. I, I think that's great. That's, yep. You're 100% right. That's why I love Tarantino as well. Mm-hmm. This movie could have done that if they were more subtle. But instead, what they explicitly say with one throwaway line is some people say, Asperger's is the next step for human evolution. It comes off as a joke. Yes, it does. (laughs) That's the problem. And they react to it like it's a joke. Right. Which is really funny. But the movie is 100% serious. It is. And it it keeps paying off and paying off of how serious they are with this kid being able to read alien technology and being able to control alien technology (laughs) and understanding what a predator killer is. Understanding how to use the predator equipment to kill things. It's fucking absurd. <laughs> when he was there in his basement, just pressing this just uh, random buttons on a hologram. Oh, uh, God damn it. Like, can the dude, like, can he read at a second grade level yet? <laughs> like, has he passed third grade math? Has he learned his times tables? Like, I, I, I what makes. You you cannot just dismiss it by saying he's got Asperger's. Everybody with Asperger's knows how to do this. Yep. I mean, that's disrespectful. That's a disrespectful thing to say. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's crazy to me. I, I, I Again, I don't 
I don't fault the intention. I just no, fault the, the the execution oh, here. Well, the execution is terrible, and that's what I'm talking about. It's I, I I mean I say this all the time. It's it's to me again. This could have been fine, even with its horrible script. It's not about what's on the page necessarily. It's more about just how you present those shitty elements. I say it all the time. The game is a horrible script pre- <laughs> presented very well. It's not it's, that bad a script, and it's a good movie. It's a good movie. It's, yeah, it's a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I love again. Love the first Predator, and I I really like Predator too. We know, and I re- I also quite like uh, Predators. The A V P movies suck, but unfortunately, they could be better than this one. This could be the worst of the bunch, and that's that's saying something because those first A V P movies are sad. It's a disaster. It is a it is a train wreck. It's watching this movie. It's too bad. Oh my god! It's too bad we forced ourselves to see this. That's my new suit. I just hope it comes in forty two long. What a terrible ending. Okay. What's next? What's the next movie? Yeah. Uh you yeah, come with Abby and I to see a star is born. Actually, we'll we'll probably see it by ourselves. But um <laughs> you're not coming. Don't fucking rope me out of this. No 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 no. Don't be like you and Abby agreed to see it before we I got involved. That was our thing. What are you talking about? She was gonna third wheel our bro date. I brought this up to you. I said, are we going to see A Star is Born? And she's like, what's A Star is Born? <laughs> That's how she said it. What are you talking about? You know exactly <laughs> what the fuck I'm talking about. I re- you are not leaving me high and dry. I'm remembering this very differently. Clearly. <laughs> it's the next level of pussy whipped here. That's what this is. I kind of knew you'd react like this. <laughs> You are not fucking roping me out of Star is Born, young man. That ain't happening. We are going to see Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga falling in love and singing romantically to one another for two hours. I'm really excited for this one, too. Is that next? That comes out the same weekend as Venom, by the way. Oh, no! Oh, I don't want to see Venom. That is going to be a hell of a weekend. I, uh, at- <laughs> Uh, Nico, I don't want to see Venom. Do we have to see Venom? Yeah. That is going to be a hell of a weekend. Shit. We might have to do a double feature for that. God damn. Ugh. We're, that new Nick Cage movie's not out anytime soon, is it? What, Mandy? Yeah. No. Yeah, so we're, wow, we're really getting into the fall. So this is what's happening starting October 5th. Star is Born and Venom both come out. And then? Then the following week, October 12th, First Man and Bad Times at the El Royale. Okay, which, I'm, I'm, I'm. That one looks okay. The Drew Goddard film. Yeah, which I, I think, yeah, we'll have to see those. But then we're getting. Then the following week, Halloween, baby. Yeah, Michael oh, Myers back. I can't wait. Laurie Strode. Oh, I can't wait for that movie. That's the next week, and then you got on the 26th, nothing. Uh, November second, the following week after that, Bohemian Rhapsody's out. Wow. So we okay. are booked okay. starting October. So take a breather. I know we it, it had been a while since our last podcast. Mm. But uh, yeah, we're going to be seeing all of these opening weekend and, and doing podcasts about them. So this fall is all movie hopping. Movie hopping fever, baby. Damn. Catch it. All right. Great, great. Anything else you got for me? I'm really excited for Halloween. It's great. I'm really excited for Halloween. I can't wait. You have no idea. I know. Pretty soon. Mm. Um why is this a thing? 
Yeah. It's a podcast we do. Mm, kind of. Well, I mean. We, we, last one, we, 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 I don't know what the hell we were up to. <laughs> <laughs> that was. We were in the room. That was that a good podcast we did? I I couldn't tell. Um, not a bad one. I wouldn't start with that one. <laughs> if you're new to the why is this a thing universe, talk about technical difficulties. Holy you shit! Need to understand something about why is this a thing? <laughs> All right, it's an acquired taste. It's a fine wine. Sure. You got to let that thing age, and then once you sort of understand the language of that podcast, you start to love it a little bit more. Or you could choose to stick your finger down your throat and just get rid of it entirely. There's also that. You can. I wouldn't recommend that. I would. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, that's why this is the thing. Please subscribe to that show on iTunes, yep. Stitcher, and everywhere else you get it. Yes. I also do the movie hopping. Or Yeah, of course I do the movie hopping. I yes. do, we're doing it now. Do we? I, I, yeah. I do the Nico show. I do Cultured. I do a new gambling podcast, Breaking Even. <laughs> you do a new gambling podcast. In, you condone gambling. I want to just take out this piece of paper. I already gloated about this. I'm going to gloat about it again. God damn it. He's got a problem, guys. I told the listeners of Breaking Even Mm. at the Emmys this weekend, bet Game of Thrones for best drama, four to one, one best drama. I also told the listeners of Breaking Even to listen to to bet on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel for everything at plus 160 for best comedy. Yeah. That won that. I told people to also bet Bill Hader for best comedy actor, three to one. I was surprised about that. That was good. He that won, was really good. He won that one. And I also told him bet Peter Dinklage, best supporting actor in a drama. Really? Two to one. Oh, wow. He won that one. Damn. I did not give one bad bet for the Emmys. If you bet everything I, I told you to bet for the Emmys, you were up at least three times the amount of money you put in. Damn. I, I, I guessed Bill Hader. I remember I was sitting there. I was like, uh, Bill Hader. I don't know. Yep. And he got it. Fantastic and Barry. Highly recommend you watch Barry. Right. It's an excellent show. Uh, he directed and wrote a lot of it. And Henry Winkler also won for that. Right. Uh, his first Emmy. And it was... Uh, oh, really? I didn't know that. Henry Winkler's first Emmy. That was a great speech. I, th- I thought the Emmys, uh, their, their, their jokes were terrible. Not good. Like, like, I don't mean just terrible. They were like worse than The Predator. <laughs> Colin Jost and Michael Che, not great. I'll admit. No. As my grandfather refers to guys like that. They're pieces of bread. <laughs> yeah, They're sure. pieces of bread. That's accurate. Listen to my full Emmy recap on Cultured if you want to hear more about that. But the point is, listen to Breaking Even if you like free money. <laughs> if you like free money, I'm just giving it away. It's just shoveling into I'm your driveway. I'm giving with, it away. With a bulldozer. Uh, d- just hop on with me. I am hot with my NFL picks. I, I hit all three of my NFL picks. I hit all my Emmy picks. I'm telling you. I'm on a roll. Ride the hot hand, baby. He's going to start taking advantage of you guys and stealing your money. Don't listen to I'm Nico. I'm going to start charging for this shit pretty soon. Because literally, I, I should not be just giving away so much money. That's what I'm doing. You are you the, an arrogant piece of shit. Breaking even. <laughs> listen to that show. I love you all. Stop gambling. Adam, go to hell. <laughs> go watch Predator again. I'll watch the first Predator. Uh, yeah, sure. That's a good idea. Until next time. Happy movie hopping.